Hello and welcome to Access Chat. I'm super delighted to welcome back Alexandra Nutnagel, who, of course, I know pretty well because she works for me and with me uh, running our programs around accessibility at Atos. But um, this is your second Access Chat. And really, the first one was quite early on in, in terms of your uh, engagement in our programs and it's been a while now so welcome back and can you tell us a little bit reintroduce yourself and, and tell us about what you've been doing and what's exciting right now thank you Neil uh, yes so I'm Alexandra Nuttenhagel so I'm a mid-30 German woman living in in France and uh, yes, being disability activist for many years, but also, as you mentioned, working with you and the corporate space on on, on uh, organizational change uh, programs. And so, yes, I think it's four years ago, uh, around that time, which we got to know each other, um, you know, for the role that I that I have today, which uh, is then uh, around two years back, but I saw the last time that I spoke in Access Chat. So a lot happened since then on on personal level, but also on, on, on the, the work level. So I think it's a very, you know, rich time of, 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 of change, not, not only, you know, for the organization, but actually for myself and uh, for, for the, the work we deliver together. And so it's great to make the point again, because actually just getting asked to come back to, to, to access chat, watching the video from two years back, I realized how much has actually happened, um, <laughs> which is worth to share. Yeah, excellent. And and we're recording this on the 4th of December, the first working day after International Day of Persons with Disabilities. And as you mentioned, we first um, met through an event that I was running for IDPD four years back. So I think that in itself shows the, the power of social media even within an organization like ours, it was social media that connected us and not internal systems. So um, the work that we've been doing on Access Chat uh, uh, connects people across and inside organizational boundaries. So um, I thought that that story was always a nice one to share because um, having been approached by you, talked to you, then you know, it was clear to me that we needed to have you as part of our um, as a part of our program. So, um, you know, these events, these celebrations, sometimes people say, oh, it's pretty performative. You know, what's the impact? Are organizations just, you know, out there doing something to you know, whitewash their reputation and, and so on? But actually, they have a purpose. And, and clearly, in, in the case of this, it had an outcome, which has led to other outcomes. I agree, and I'm going to come in here. Um, first of all, also I'm going to I'm going to try to be disciplined about doing this in the future, but I'm going to do a visual description because we are talking about identity here. So um, I'm a a older white woman. I'm sorry, mature white woman with um, silver, gray, and purple hair, and I have on 
a black top with white flowers on it today. And the reason why I wanted to do that is because, you know, Alexandra, for those of us who can't see her, she's, she looks so lovely today in her color purple. And also we were talking once again, before we got on air, we were talking a little bit about identity. And I realized that I always do that on my other show, but I forget to do it on Access Chat. So I just thought I'd take time to do that. But I also wanted to come in here in a different point too, because I appreciate the corporations. I appreciate the corporate employers. I get annoyed with them, extremely annoyed with them. I think you haven't, you're not doing enough, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but at the same time, corporations, as we know, are made up of people. And so I appreciate brands like, sorry, Atos or any other brand that meaningfully include people with disabilities and then allow them to have a voice to help you shift your business so that you can be even more successful. And yet I don't really see that happening in most of the brands that are talking out here. I don't see you really meaningfully including us and then giving us the, you know, the ability to, sh to share our voices in whatever ways we want. But I do see organizations like ATOS doing a real good job with it. I also must, I'm sorry to say nice things, but I also really appreciate the CEO of ATOS that became part of the Valuable 500 mentoring Alexandra. So these are things that as a community, we can see happening step by step to see whether or not we're really being included. Are we being promoted when we get in there? Are you training us? Are you really, you know, really adapting or adjusting or accommodating so we can be really powerful for you? Or are you checking the box? And so I think we got to celebrate that as well. And sometimes we're going to brag about big brands. Could they do more? Oh, yeah. But right now, let's celebrate. So I just wanted to sort of say that because I don't work for ATOS. And ATOS has never once given me one penny. I've never had a contract with ATOS. And so, yes, I do love Neil, but and I love Antonio and Alexandra, but I'm talking to the community now. This is how we tell whether or not a corporate brand is actually trying to include us. So, Alexandra, what do you think about that? Do you think corporations have they, they need to be more mindful about really including us and sharing our voices in whatever way we might be um, not be able to speak in the traditional way. But what do you think about that, Alexandra, a company really walking the walk? Uh, I, I think the, the, the question is very difficult to answer because there's two sides. There's the corporate who wants to include the person with disabilities and let them talk. But then there's all the regulations, laws and constraints, which would you know, make the corporate afraid on how can this actually happen? How can this look like? Did everyone do this? How do you know the competitors do? And so here here one, one part is also the other side, the brave you know, people like... Uh, my manager here, Neil, speaking about it openly and, you know, shifting some of those borders by being proactive and giving role model examples. But, you know, then the understanding of a person, all the people involved who could speak about their, their disability or their impairment, health condition or so on, who don't see the value. Why should I share that for the corporate? What's the value for the corporate? What's the value for me? Why should I do that's private? Okay, so that's a, it's a, that's a triangle actually between people who are already aware and doing and sharing like uh, today I'm myself one of those people starting to role model for some time now but the beginning right when I you know, speak about doing the retrospective when I joined uh, Neil's team and then when I joined the role it was a very difficult decision okay so it's not something where you can just ask oh do corporates really do it's what do corporates do to put people in a safe space 
space and situation that they can self-identify and speak up without consequences, which are you know, bad, bad, bad for their, their role or job. And I think if we go beyond even that, we also need to help the corporations feel safe in in that journey to creating the atmosphere because actually there's quite a lot of nervousness amongst the corporate management about these initiatives because and which will be valuable yeah so so, so there's definitely a, a challenge in making sure that that um, the management feel comfortable with people talking about their disabilities at work and 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 starting initiatives to create that that culture of, of inclusion because actually it's quite challenging when you're thinking about this in you know multiple different locations and countries and the complexities of dealing with you know, unions and workers councils and and all of these kind of things that that um, you know quite often don't get thought about when from the outside you you know you're pointing at a corporation and you're saying well you know why don't you immediately do this well, you know, there's a reason why corporations move so slowly. It's because they're they're complex beasts, and 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 so um, yeah, the, some of the removal of fear is not just for employees, but also for the for the corporate uh, side of things in terms of management as well. Exactly, and speaking publicly about it for the employee, but also for the corporate, depending on what they said, it can have risks. Right. So for the employee side, for example, openly speaking about uh, about the condition or disability, right, looking at all the data which are available, uh, let, let's think about insurances. What will happen to those information, actually? Sometimes, you know, you don't really know where, where it will go. So it takes really some some uncertainty for the for the, the person doing it. And yeah, the corporate side on, okay, how, how to actually ensure beyond our borders, because what we can build as a corporate is what is in-house, so what will we build, for example, with accessibility program for the safety of, of self-identifying employees with, within the company, but what goes out and what is beyond, okay, going back to social media, that depends on many other partners, suppliers, uh, other platforms, so we're not alone in this, it's a full ecosystem which needs to protect actually better uh, people with disabilities interests to, to in, in the full wide corporate context because it's not exactly the same if you share about your needs in an internal survey which is anonymous if you share it within a HR department with your manager or the colleagues or if you share within you know specific program like the, like a mentoring program which is dedicated for this but where the constraints are clearly owned by the corporate or if it goes beyond if it goes outside so what we can be really proud of I think here this year uh, is something which uh, we we managed to do is that people go out more openly about their conditions speaking about the the, the prettiness and the power of assistive technologies they use making colleagues understand the value at the workplace and also showing that there's real people using that it's not just you know some theoretical opportunity or possibility that this could be used if there was someone but there's people all, all along the, the the different career levels and and um yeah, needs which which have yeah, spoken up uh for for us the the first time also publicly for for those tools and yeah, so not sure what you want me to yeah, I think the website 
Yes, good point. I think we have a little bit of technology delay, so we might speak over each other a little bit, but I want to shift it just a little bit. So once again, I think we should all celebrate. I'm sorry, I love to celebrate. And also, this is my birthday month, so I love to celebrate the holidays and my birthday and my partner Gary's birthday. Yeah, so we just celebrate. But also, I think something that I, w- I want us to really think a lot about as a community as we celebrate the International Day of Persons with Disabilities is the leaders, the wonderful people that are already working for brands like ATOS, people with disabilities, people with disabilities that are really coming in and, um, you know, owning who they are. Like, once again, Alexandra had made the comment about Neil you know, Neil has been very open about his ADHD and his dyslexia. And so, and I, I took a page from that and I also started speaking about it. But when we know that there's about 70 to 80% of us that have invisible or hidden disabilities, but so taking that back a little bit more, just digging into this a little bit different, I think that we have an opportunity here with the people Certainly, let's celebrate the employers like ATOS that are including us and making sure the voices can be heard and learning from these really powerful voices of people with disabilities. But I think this is really a question or to both you, Neil, and Alexandra. What can we do as in, as people with disabilities that have identified and we're coming out, we're talking about it, what can we do to encourage others that are also in the workforce to come out and identify proudly, even if sadly, I know this conversation we have a lot in the States, there might be negative consequences to them. I mean, unfortunately we see discrimination happening all over our country. I'm just going to say that about my country, but y'all all know it happens everybody else too. So, um, but at the same time, I think that we have a real opportunity. Those of us with disabilities that are actually employed, we become sort of the elite, right? We become not the elite, but the privileged as we use that word in a weird way. And so I think we need to have maybe some conversations about how we, as the people that are working for these corporations or have our own businesses or whatever, what do we need to do to make sure that our fellow um, people with disabilities that are not in the workforce and are not being included in the workforce can be more meaningfully included? Don't we also have an obligation as a community to make it more welcoming Instead of, it feels like often the conversation is always like, you employers better find us and you better get out there. But do we have an obligation? There's, are there things we can do as a community celebrating every one of us, whether we're working or not, to really allow our community to become more discoverable so that employers can be more successful with us? And I know that's a whole bunch of words. I apologize. But I was trying to ground that comment. So, okay. Neil, go ahead. May I start? Okay. So, um I think as employers, we want qualified candidates. Um, and I don't care whether they have disabilities or not. I encourage people with disabilities that are qualified candidates to apply for jobs. So um, because we still need people with skills to do the jobs because we're businesses, not charity. And, and what we can do as businesses is contribute to skills initiatives so that we can create those skills so that people with disabilities are then qualified candidates rather than you know this being some kind of charitable endeavor because that's 
what what you know the intent of our program is is to close the disability employment gap and you close that gap through creating skills that the market wants right um that we we absolutely want to employ people with disabilities and we absolutely need their skills and their adaptability and their ability to innovate but we need to make sure that those skills match the the needs of the business so we can do that through coming together through initiatives that create digital skills that create business relevant skills and to quote our mutual friend Susan Scott Parter we don't want to be teaching people basket weaving and piano tuning because they need to be the skills that business want today so why not uh, create you know, skills in you know creating yeah. prompts ai why not create skills in um in being able to understand automation rather than um low end jobs because we want people to have the same kind of career prospects as uh as anyone else and i think that, that, that this is something that you know alexander has done a lot of work on particularly um you know in some of the partnership spaces that we're working on yes yes exactly thank you for speaking about that neil so there there's uh, something on the question that i really love uh, from from you deborah about the responsibility or even if it's an obligation to speak up and i think here there's there's the first obligation for the people with disabilities to take into account is to be uh, to recognize they are part of the community rather than you know continue struggle 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 and then say oh it's okay it's okay it's okay i won't ask for help so the first thing is to become visible by requesting if there is something like you know in our organization but maybe in others which offers support and because this is the first data point organization will have to understand there's this community. So it's the first step of visibility to, to get us to take care of most possible responsible about what we we can do and what we can't do and where we recognize that we have limits, but we can overcome maybe with the help of our Organization. And, 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 uh, and that's okay. Uh, I think we're having a few audio glitches. In, it's, it's the joys of the internet. Um, so, the other thing that, that Deborah's done, um, and uh, sending the love back to you, Deborah, is, you know, is, is the whole sort of disability identity piece around billion strong because it's when we bring our voices together that we really have uh, power so i think that as as advocates we need to share each other's stories we need to highlight the value that people bring um to society as a whole um that that really sort of then magnifies that and amplifies that and we you know spend a lot of time in silos and and so we absolutely and i think you were putting in the chat alexander the second step is to meet with others and 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 bring that together yes 
Exactly. So what what I, for example, started to do uh, far more than I did before. I already did before, but meeting meeting other people with the uh, same type of disability, exchange the knowledge and not just, you know, stay isolated with what I learned, but also give back to the communities, for example, I belong to. I think it's the first time this year I spoke in the international meeting of uh, people with autism autism in France, for example, sharing about the professional inclusion story. And it's actually far, far more important than we may consider to, to break the isolation, you know, beyond the, the border of our workplace and meet the, you know, the other people to share our stories and to, 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 you know, get motivation and insights from others on what we can do better, but also share on what we've learned, what works well or what doesn't work. And, and uh, here, I think there's, again, some risk you know, which is, is if it's going well, like for example, in my case, going well, you're at risk to be um, aggressed by your own community saying, oh, but you know, this this looks fake, this looks too good. So um, also if we have people that with disabilities sharing about it, I think we need to be kind to each other uh, in, in the communities. Yeah, so, so I agree. See, not everything, everything may be possible for everyone, but you know, I break up again. Yeah, no, it's okay. So um, I, I agree. We need to show that empathy and that kindness and, and that that inclusiveness. So um, so I, I think Deborah had a comment and we, we need to close. Um, yes, we will close. And also apologies for um, the audio problems with Alexandra, but her comments are so, so good. So um, uh, we want to hear from her more. But... Um, Neil, thank you so much. You go ahead and close. Okay, so thank you to uh, our supporters, Amazon and MyClearText, for keeping us captioned and on air. And uh, we really look forward to continuing the conversation on social media. 